From the talking heads on TV to that one coworker who knows everything to your second cousin whose uncle is a bank teller, everybody has retirement advice. What do you think? We took to the streets and asked regular folks about retirement and how they are preparing. That and more coming up. Uncover retirement concepts you need to know. Welcome in to Your Powerful Legacy Radio with Christina Ping. Christina Ping Kepperling is the CEO of the firm Powerful Legacy Insurance and Financial Services and the author of the book, The Retirement Train. That's what we talk about here. That's what Christina talks about many uh, in Central Kentucky with uh, to get them ready for their retirement. In other words, on track, utilizing her on track retirement system. Christina, you had an assignment for me and I rose to the occasion. You said, go out on the street, talk to the people. Let's see what they say about retirement. I think that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I love it. It was fun to do. You know, as we talk about people and what people think and different thoughts on it, but let's actually get it uh, from the people. Uh, we ask a lot. You know, according to a survey by the Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies, only 17% of workers are very confident that they'll have enough money to retire comfortably. And that's what Christina's all about, strategies that can build your confidence. So the first question we had is, uh, do you have a plan for retirement? Well, it's a pretty comprehensive plan that takes into account um, all of our assets, real estate, everything. I'm going to work as long as I can, and then I'm going to enjoy my grandchildren, great-grandchildren. That's my plan. I've got rental properties, stock count savings, bonds. Um, we are saving money out of our monthly paycheck and trying to slowly start building up a savings. Well, Christina, what do you think of the responses? Does that sound fairly typical? It does sound fairly typical. You'll get some people that are on the overconfident side, but they can't really even tell you what it is exactly that they're doing. What is their decumulation strategy? Do they have their RMD, Social Security, healthcare, all of those things built in? Very common that I see that. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, the statistic is that 56% of workers do plan to work past the age 65 or not retire at all. That's awful, Dave. <laughs> I'm, you know, it depends on how, so doesn't it really? Because if they have the financial independence to choose to continue working or maybe get another job that they enjoy more, that's a different story. Well, that is a totally different story, but that's literally that less than 5% that are saying so. People that want to retire, they want to retire, travel, enjoy. People don't have the confidence and the amount of money that they have or the strategies that they have to be able to retire. Yeah, if they're saying they feel like they have to work, that that's bad. Yes. Yeah. Feels like they have to. Yeah. And wouldn't that be an awful feeling to be at an age where physically, unfortunately, you may not be able to do what you want to do and you still have to work? That's really tough. Yeah, it really is. Um, and that's why it's critical to use the tools to to get you build in that income in your retirement. In fact, we ask about one of those tools. What are your thoughts on annuities? I don't like them. Why, why do you not like them? Well, annuities tend to pay the broker or the salesperson a lot of money. And anything that pays a big commission is not generally good for the client. Christina, it's not that he doesn't make a point, but it's what we talk about a lot here. There's confusion or tends to be a broad brushing of annuities. He, It sounds like he's talking about one type of annuity. Yeah, he's only talking about one type. He's talking about a variable. Um, if you take and compare, well, it's really apples and oranges, but let's say you have an asset under management account that you're paying one to one and a half percent on your entire principal. Then you take an annuity where... You may have a one-time charge. Again, finding out how those people are paid is important. That transparency is important. But a lot of times, the annuity is less expensive. Hence why the SECURE Act 2020 and the 2.0, SECURE 2.0 Act, encourage use of annuities and qualified employer plans because they're very inexpensive. They don't cost as much as a 401k. The fees are less. A lot of people think that their 401k is free. That still surprises me. 
Yeah, and, and there are fees there, and there can be fees and annuities. It just depends on which type. I mean, you've run through uh, on segments on this show pros and cons of annuities. It seems, as you mentioned, variable annuities seems to have a lot of cons, one including fees. That's right. And when we're talking about the pros, what do we really want? The pro of an annuity is guaranteed income. That's the one thing that we love the most. People who are in retirement and want that mailbox money and want that income coming in, they know it's coming. That's why they love annuities. I love them for that reason, too. There is tax-deferred growth. This is really important because if you throw all your money in a CD, you're going to get a 1099 every year on that interest. Or if you have dividends coming in, you're going to get a 1099. And then there's no contribution limit. Like when you have your 401k or your IRAs, you're limited on your annual contributions. Even though there's more opportunity now to save than ever, there are still limits. And then protection against market downturns. This is a really big deal. I think that my retirees are more than ever looking for a safe solution for their money. So if you're looking for preservation of your wealth and a decumulation strategy that you're going to have, those are the pros that you're looking for in an annuity. The cons, yes, the fees can be really high and the administrative cost or early withdrawals, just like a CD, there's a maturity penalty or surrender penalty. Make sure and talk to your professional about that. It is always disclosed. If anyone ever comes in my office and we feel like they are being properly placed in an annuity, they're going to know what is the really bad part about that is going to be if you have to surrender the entire thing, you're going to pay a penalty. Now, there is access to the money and you have to talk about what accessibility is needed, but that lack of liquidity is what people seem to think is going to be one of the worst. But when it's done right, it's not so bad. Now, there can be limited growth potential if you have something that is, you know, a lot of times when you're comparing an index versus the stocks or bonds or mutual funds, yes, stocks and bonds can do better, but it depends on where the annuity is placed. Overall, when you don't lose and have to get back to even like you do on stocks and bonds, annuities will outperform. And then loss of principal, if you take all of that money back out, then you could end up losing inside of a variable you could lose because it is directly in the market. Remember, an annuity is just the custodian. You have to talk about what it actually does. Well, when you talked about the pros, uh, such as principal protection and other pros, which, what type of annuity were you talking about there and building an income, of course, too? So there are several different types of annuities. I mean, first off, we're going to have what's called a fixed annuity. This is just a fixed rate. It's for a fixed period of time. You throw it in there, you don't touch it. And then at the end of that time, you pull it back out and you get your stuff or you roll it into something else. You get your money back and all of your interest. It's kind of like a fat CD. Then you can really kick that up and have a fixed indexed annuity. So you can have that principal protection, but then index that runs along with the market Ask how that is done. Ask if it's on a spread, if it's on a cap, a participation rate, one or two of all the above. How is that cost factored into it? Then the the next part is going to be a SPIA, single premium immediate annuity. This is what all pension plans are. You immediately annuitize or get that stream of income the fees are built into that on a management level and very inexpensive to run off those. They're very, very cheap. And then we have multi-year guaranteed annuities or a MIGA, which is very similar to just a fixed annuity. And then the most expensive, the variable annuity. This is tied into the market. It's directly, it's in a separate account. It's with the market. You could lose money and it is very expensive to function. But again, if you're taking that market risk, you could also have more upside potential. So it depends on what's right for you. Again, annuity just being the custodian, not exactly what it is, but where it is. There are different kinds of annuities, and Christina can go through that with you as a possible strategy in your retirement when you meet with her, 844-823-6387, 844-823-6387. You can call or you can text that number. Just text the keyword POWERFUL, 844-823-6387. They sent me out on the street to talk to the people, and we couldn't do that without getting the younger perspective. Now, you're probably a long ways away from retirement, but do you think about it? Is that kind of- Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, I do have a retirement plan set up, of course. Do you, uh, 
are you aggressively contribute to that, or how have you got that set up? And well, I do um, 300 a month. So you're actually thinking about retirement then? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't work all my life, and these bones don't hurt that. These don't work. <laughs> do you worry about Social Security being there for you? Yeah, because they're using Social Security for other needs that's not supposed to be meant for that. So. Well, you know, um, interesting there. First off, good for her. And secondly, do you think that fear of Social Security not being there is an extra motivator for younger Americans? Um, I think that it is a great concern across the board. Dave, I'm hearing so many people that are making the comment, I'm getting Social Security as early as possible because it's probably going to disappear. Yeah, I think and- I've heard this for... 15, 20 years. And we've talked about that too, that uh, yes, it's it faces challenges very soon. Uh, talking anywhere from 2033 to 35, from what I'm reading, it's always something different, but that's around that range of time. And uh, But you've talked about it before. Surely they're going to step in and do something about that. We can say surely, but well, we hope they're going to uh, do. Maybe change that to hopefully. And, and and not only for us, definitely, most importantly for us, but for their political lives as well. I mean, that's a hot-button issue. It is a hot-button issue. And, Dave, I don't know about you, and this is probably going to be a very unpopular opinion, but Social Security is most certainly not an entitlement. And I think part of the reason why Social Security is having so many issues is that just like that young lady was saying on the street that <laughs> – they're spending the money where they shouldn't be. Stop spending our Social Security. Leave it alone. Yeah. That is not, that is people who contributed into that. It used to be back in 1935 when President Roosevelt put Social Security in act. And I know, I mean, I definitely know that if you were contributing, you could receive. But if you were not contributing, you could not receive. That's a really big shift. And that money was supposed to stay inside the social security fund it was not supposed to go out in any other direction or be used for anything else well that's gone the oasi old age survivors insurance trust fund for social security they're saying it's broke by 2033 and there are less people contributing right now than receiving that's a really big topsy-turvy it used to be 30 people contributing for one person receiving back in 1935 so we've talked about this on several shows For those of you out there that are loyal listeners, first off, Dave and I thank you so much. We love being with you every week. I mean, this is something that we take great pride and joy and getting all this information for you. Well, Social Security has been such a huge subject. And what people are telling us is that there's a possibility they're going to increase the FRA, full retirement age, from 67 to maybe 68, 69, if you're born after 1960, and they'll take that gradual change just like they did back in the 80s. And this is just a little bit of the thought of what is up and coming. Folks, please understand that there is help out there. We would love to offer you a little bit of help. First off, a social security report. What's the best time for you to file for social security? What does your snapshot look like? We're here with you on the radio. We'd love to be part of your journey. I do want to give an opportunity. We're going to give out 10 time slots this week. If you just give us a call or drop the word powerful in a text, that's going to be to 844-823-6387. We are waiting. We'd love to give you an appointment. Come in and see us. Let's talk about your retirement. Again, to schedule, you can call or text keyword powerful 844-823-6387, 844-823-6387. Creating income in retirement is critical. The question becomes, how can we generate regular dependable income in retirement? Got to break it down straight ahead. Your Powerful Legacy Radio continues. Christina Ping Kepperling, who is the author of the book, The Retirement Train. Her firm is Powerful Legacy Insurance and Financial Services. And her TV show is on ABC 36, twice Saturdays, 10 a.m. And uh, Saturday nights, Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. That was great on the streets. And, and uh, real quick, Christina, that, that last young lady we talked to, and I, I don't know her exact age. I'm guessing late 20s, early 30s. She says she's putting 300 a month away for retirement. So that that's that's impressive, I thought. Very impressive. I think so, too. Yeah. I don't think there's any bad way to start. 
No, no, you're right there. Starting early like she is is wonderful. Hope she stays on track with that. Uh, so she can have more to build in income in her retirement. Uh, we're going to talk about that, building in different streams of income, starting with something we just talked about. For those who don't have a pension, and I have a question for you on pensions too, but and the right kind of annuity too, something to build in that income that's dependable. This is something that you know is coming to you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be dependable. It is guaranteed. This is something that people absolutely love in retirement. It's that peace of mind that you know the money's going to be there to take care of everything you need. Now, to elaborate on that just a little bit, remember, folks, that pensions are technically owned by the employer and the custodian of that pension. Some people like to lump sum their pension out and actually have their own personal pension, their own annuity, because it can do better, obviously, performance-wise, and then also because they own it. It's an IRA at that point. And I think that one of the things that you should do is just talk to a professional, ask them how and why it would be better for them, and what is it going to be. But guaranteed income, people are so happy when they have a guarantee. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, They're happy with that. I mean, it's, it's like you're, you know, feeling secure when that regular paycheck is coming in. I do have a question for those who have a pension. Christina, I know you probably get this question a lot. Should I take the lump sum or should I go with the monthly installments? There is absolutely no one size fits most. It has to be looked at on a complete individual basis. I've got some people who they were no longer with their job, but they're still so young, they wanted to work again. So they didn't want to leave that pension park there, but it was going to affect them in one way or another on their income. So they actually took it out in a lump sum and put it aside and they could do better. Sometimes that pension has very limited options. Sometimes it doesn't include the spouse. Sometimes if you don't take that pension their way, you lose the rest of the money. So it just depends on how it's going to flow. I know everyone's different. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, and you take a custom approach. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last segment, that other stream of income that's guaranteed in your retirement, Social Security. And you can go to SSA.gov and get an idea of, at this moment in time, what you could be looking forward to. Know your full retirement age and all of that. The one thing is that website, nor uh, people at the Social Security office are allowed to give you advice on it, you know, to give you suggestions. They can answer your questions. Uh, but, but Christina, you can work with the people you work with and helping them uh, make the right Social Security claiming decisions. What are you looking at with that? Most of the time, we're just looking for what is going to be the best timing for you. Again, there's no one size fits most on this. And we do invite you to come in and we run that Social Security report as part of your initial consultation if you have not yet filed for Social Security. And we're going to look back at your earnings history. We're going to talk about what are your income needs. If you start your Social Security early at 62, or even let's say you go to your FRA, which is 66 to 67, are you going to have enough to sustain you on when you start that benefit? A lot of people think you can start the benefit and then it grows every year and it's going to be what it's going to be at the same age, you know, your FRA. No, it's not. If you start your income at 62, you are locked in. You're getting about 75% of your benefit for the rest of your life. If you wait until FRA, it's 100%. At age 70 maximization, it's going to be obviously maximized. It's about 8% extra per year, so about 132% of the benefit. Well, if you wait until 70 and then you die at 75, you've only collected for five years. You did not break even. So we're also going to look at what is that break even age for you. Now, we've talked about the dependable income that you can build in and along with good claiming strategies with Social Security. What about other strategies like withdrawal strategy? And adding on to that, uh, Christina, what what is a laddering strategy, too? What, what should you consider in all of that? So with all of these strategies, again, you probably need to see a professional. I do not know hardly anyone, even advisors seek other advisors help on their own. It's just like, you know, a doctor will see a doctor or a dentist will see a dentist. I know that's just the way it flows. (laughs) And I think when we're talking about withdrawal strategies, there is no certain percentage in the retirement train, which we do give you a complimentary copy when you get a hold of us and get that review set up. I do want to throw that number out there real quick again, folks. 844-823-6387. This is Really something that I know you're going to love is the retirement train. It talks about the percentages on there, the rule of 25, um, the 4% rule. What what does that calculate out to? And these are just rules of thumb. 
we definitely need to get you in and make sure it's what's best for you. On the laddering, this is just a way that you can ladder reinvestments into new bonds. It creates a steady stream of income. Bonds are at a very important stage right this moment. The rates are up, so the prices are down. What does that mean? Is that a good time to buy? Then when we're talking about dividend stocks, just the same as layering those bonds, you take the form of dividends, you can reinvest, or you can take those as income as well. The strategies for income are critical to have in your retirement. And that's part of that process with Christina, which can start with a great initial consultation opportunity and second opinion opportunity. Phone call to 844-823-6387, 844-823-6387. You can text as well. Just text keyword powerful. It links you to the website, yourpowerfullegacy.com, where you can indicate your interest in scheduling right there. Really easy. Takes no time at all. Well, what about... Um, dividend paying stock should should that be part of your income strategies it could be like i was just saying just like when we have those uh bond ladders i think that when we're having all this reinvestment or when we're taking any type of an income based on a dividend obviously out of these that's going to be a good idea so that is just another option this is not for everyone, and I would imagine it's mostly for people who are already doing it before retiring, but rental income, do you, do you see that a lot? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, for those people that are just tuning in with us or you've not heard me talk about this, you know I had an extensive rental portfolio at one point, and I am literally putting my last residential real estate piece on the market. I'm going to pick on one of my clients in Louisville. They probably have the most extensive rental income portfolio I've ever seen between commercial uh, land development and leasing, and then also their residential, and then they have residential multi-units. Mm-hmm. So very extensive. And we have the conversation on a regular basis how you literally have to be about halfway insane to continue because you have to put up with so much. What a headache. They almost lost everything because they, they did it the right way. A lot of people think that you should you know, withdraw money from your retirement account, pay all the taxes on it and buy a piece of rental property. That takes a long time to break even. So a lot of times it's best to leverage it with a bank and then let the rent pay for that payment until it's paid for, then you're getting the profit. So yes, you're going to start much sooner than retirement to be able to actually turn a profit. Well, for these folks that did this, what about during COVID when they waived all of the evictions? Yeah. And those people did not pay their rent. You better believe those banks still needed their payment. Mm-hmm. It almost broke several of my clients because of this. And that's a really big deal. And for those of you that cannot make those payments, nothing's wrong with that. That's the way that the plan was done. It's not the norm that they can just say, no, you know, you, these people don't have to make a, a rental payment. So, you know, we'll waive your bank payment. That's not normal. So you have to consider all aspects on rental income. And can you handle it? Is there enough built into that rent to where you can pay a property manager? That's very expensive to maintain. My last property was torn to pieces. It's been heart-wrenching for me because my sons and I lived in that property when they were young. So it's really, really tough. And I know for some of you out there, it's, it's just a really tough game. Absolutely. Isn't a lot of headache. Now, for those people you were referencing, you said they had some commercial real estate. I don't know what type, but speaking of COVID, post-COVID now, there are a lot of uh, concerns about commercial, certain commercial real estate because of remote working and the increase in that. Or are they concerned about that or is that affecting them? So both. Um, they actually have a unit that has commercial real estate on the main floor and then condos on the upper f- couple of floors above it. It's a three-story unit. And then they do have some warehouse rentals as well. COVID changed everything. A lot of people lost their businesses. A couple of the restaurants that were in that unit, they could not transition over. So it's really, really tough. Um, I do want to jump real quick here, folks. One of the main things that I see that provides income in retirement is part-time work, Mm -hmm. continuing to work. And I talk about my in-laws a lot. They're fabulous people. They're in their late 70s and still doing part-time work, still doing things to stay active and you can have income built in there. So it just depends on what's going to be best for you. Everyone has a unique circumstance, goals, risk tolerance, income needs, um, their lifestyle needs are different. Maybe you want to go, maybe you don't. 
I do want to talk to you about this on a very personal basis. And this is such an important subject. I'm hearing that people are going to other firms and they're paying upwards $1,000 for this type of a review. I would like to go ahead and again, open up those lines, give us a call, or you can drop the word powerful in a text 844-823-6387. I know that we're hitting some of these subjects that are important to you. A lot of things every week on this show I know re- will resonate with listeners. And if if what Christina is saying is, is got you thinking about your retirement, talk to her, schedule uh, that opportunity. And 10 this week on her schedule uh, to claim yours at no cost, no obligation. Claim your what? Claim your sit down with Christina to talk about you and get a, a glimpse of what the strategies could be best for you in building in protection, income in your retirement, even looking at many proactive strategies for your retirement as well. 844-823-6387. You can call or text keyword powerful 844-823-6387. Again, it's 844-823-6387. Christina's website is yourpowerfullegacy.com. So if you text powerful, it's going to link you to that and right where you can just enter your name and contact info. They'll get back with you and get you scheduled. So call or text that number 844-823-6387. We've got a little bit of of time here, Christina, Uh, just to reiterate something we talked about. You mentioned part-time work. What many are doing, I'm sure you're seeing more of that. The great thing is, again, if if you have the right strategies in place, it's that independence you have to be able to choose what kind of part-time work. In other words, something you would enjoy doing. And I definitely see that with my in-laws. And I would love to hear about yours. Would you like to work part-time and why? Let's talk about it. Well, as Christina says, all retirements are different. It's different for everyone, and that's why she takes that custom approach. 844-823-6387. We just outlined strategies to generate that dependable income in your retirement. This time, we're going to highlight some key items to make sure to include in your budget. Christina will have that for you straight ahead on Your Powerful Legacy Radio with Christina Ping Kepperling. Christina Ping Kepperling welcomes you back into the conversation. It's your powerful legacy radio. When you meet with Christina, you get a copy of her book, The Retirement Train. And I do invite you to catch Christina on her TV show Saturdays twice, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. That is on ABC 36. Well, Christina, we just talked about building in that income in retirement. Let's talk about what can what needs to really go hand in hand with that. And it's a spending plan. I want to ask you first, or if you want to call it a budget. Do you think it's more, even more important to have a budget in retirement even than it is when you're working? Absolutely, because you don't have an opportunity to go out there and earn. You're actually pulling from all of those savings that you've had. And while we have several things, I'm going to just jet down this list real quick, then we'll go back and break it down. Okay. Housing costs, healthcare expenses, transportation costs, food and groceries, entertainment, debt repayment, taxes, home and car insurance, personal care, gifts, donations. That's a big deal. Let's break all of these down. Well, my sister and my brother-in-law a couple of years ago downsized um, greatly. Uh, I mean, they're in a nice house, but it's just not as big. And I know we're probably seeing more of that now than we used to. Um, Are you seeing housing costs change in retirement because of that or for whatever reason? I think that housing can be a great cycle, but remember that with your housing costs, that will include mortgage or rent, property taxes, utilities, insurance, maintenance on either a home or an apartment. And I've got a lady that had originally called into the show and she was, she had sold her huge home and was able to pocket a little over $300,000. And she makes more than enough money to pay rent. She didn't want maintenance anymore, didn't want to deal with it. And then she turned around and changed her mind. I hate living in an apartment. I don't like my neighbors. I can hear the people above me because I have to be on the ground floor. I can't do stairs. I'm older, but I don't want to live in an old people facility is what she told me. She said, if they're walking around on walkers and with canes, I don't want to be there because I'm not old yet. She's in her late seventies, by the way. So I just cackle. Hey, that's great though. That is young now. It is young. Yes. And she's still more than capable, drives herself everywhere, completely independent. So I could see where she's unhappy, but now that $300,000 is not even going to buy a nice two bedroom house in Lexington or Louisville. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
True. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different. I mean, I, I always imagine in the old days and I don't need to imagine it. My memory confirms that people were retired. They generally stayed in the same house they raised their kids in. And, and that's yes. just different. And now. that's changed, Dave. Yeah. I see people who they'll start off in their starter home. Some people start off a whole lot more than their starter home and they can't afford it and make mistakes. And then they go into a bigger home, grow with their family. Then they have the show home. I call that, you know, they're in their 40s and 50s. They want to show off and it's a beautiful home. Mm -hmm. But then, boom, you're in your 60s, 70s and 80s. You can't take care of it and you can't really afford it because taxes, insurance, utilities, maintenance, those things continue to increase. I lived in one house growing up, and my mother stayed in that house until I was in my 40s. <laughs> it Very is kind common. Of a, yeah, well, and especially then it was. All right, let's look at say, expenses that will go up, because some of these expenses may go down in retirement. This one definitely will not. Uh, it's going up for everybody. That's health care. Now, yes, you'll have Medicare, but you've also cited some high out-of-pocket costs that retired couples will face during the duration of their retirement. What can you put in place to supplement Medicare coverage to help with those out-of-pockets? So not even talking about long-term care, let's just talk about your regular health care yeah. expense. You've got insurance premiums, co-payments, prescriptions, and other health care related expenses. Think about your everyday habitual behavior. Are you taking your vitamins, eating healthy food? That's part of your health care, and that's expensive. So all of these things are continuing to increase. I'm hearing a lot of clients telling me that even with a Part D, their diabetic medication is becoming very expensive. Yeah. So- you know, watching that and those continue to increase, they've not gone down over time. The one thing that seems attractive to me, and that's, uh, for instance, people you work with still in the financial red zone, in other words, still working, not yet 65, is if they're eligible for an HSA, because that's something they they can still use after they're after they go on Medicare, maybe not contribute to it anymore. But what they can build up in that, it's pretty broad in how you can use that to help supplement. Oh, it is. That triple tax play is a huge score. And when we're talking about your Medicare, Medicare supplements, and also HSA and using those for qualified medical expenses, it becomes very helpful on those co-payments, even your premiums, your prescriptions. I've seen people that have bought some block with their HSA. I mean, it's it is broad, yeah. very flexible. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we want to make sure that you are taken care of and you're healthy and happy. Well, I know that medically I have to have sunblock. Um, I wish I had earlier in my life, but I have to now because uh, I've had some bouts with skin cancer. So, yeah, I'm very careful with that. Let's look at food and groceries. Uh, one thing is that when you're retired, you may be even more conscious about eating healthy, which is actually more expensive. So do you find that that cost goes up for people you work with in retirement? Absolutely, it does, because a lot of times you're just taking a quick lunch or something when you're working, and then some people just make a small meal at dinner because they don't have the time. They just have a quick prep and they're done. When you retire, a lot of times people are eating two to three meals at home. Now, I'm actually going to say I'm hearing a really neat strategy from my in-laws and their friends. Again, I've shared they're in their late 70s. They're actually only doing one meal a day and it's the middle of the day so they can metabolize it better and stay healthier. Yeah. They do a small snack for breakfast, maybe a cup of yogurt or something, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then at dinner, a small snack. So again, that could be a cup of yogurt, cottage cheese, maybe a, a piece of fruit or something and just having or even a small serving of vegetables only, but having that larger meal in the middle of the day between 12 and three o'clock. And they feel better because they're not going to bed on, an, on a full stomach and they're not, you know, having that bogged down at the end of the day. I started doing that and it feels pretty darn good. I don't eat a whole lot of dinner because it's not my favorite meal. I like lunch. So I do a little bit heavier during the day, hardly anything at breakfast. I don't, I don't really care for that. And I feel better and we're healthier. My mother-in-law is losing weight. I can see it coming off of her. She looks wonderful. I think it's great that we're rethinking the whole meal thing. We don't have to have those set three meals a day. I think even breakfast being the most important meal of the day, a lot of people think this, that that was kind of marketed to us. It's kind of based on what your body tells you when you eat and what you eat. Uh, so that that's actually, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. We're looking at expenses in retirement with Christina. That's a part of that conversation too you can have when you schedule 844-823-6387. Call or text keyword powerful to schedule a consultation about you with Christina, 844-823-6387. All right, what about entertainment? We you say the go-go years, those early years of retirement, does that, could that go up? And that's also could include dining out. 
Absolutely. We were just talking about that and dining out. I know for a lot of you, you really love to eat out. I know I do. I love to try new foods and I definitely love to eat gourmet and healthier things, sometimes not so healthy things and eat your lunch out. That's a way that you could actually save on some of those expenses. But I want you to put that as part of your budget, the travel, the dining out, um, any type of other leisure activities that you enjoy, maybe golfing memberships, whatever, fishing, you know, what is that exactly and how does it fit into your actual retirement? How about debt? I mean, the ideal situation is to maybe carry mortgage only into retirement, but that's not the case for everyone. I, I read about Social Security recipients still paying off college loads, which is yes, insane. Yes, I'm hearing the same thing. And, you know, I know they're trying to justify some things, but yes, that's very, very real. Um, maybe for some of you out there that are younger and you're listening, when you've got people that are in retirement and they're paying off their student loan debt, maybe you need to rethink about where you're going or how you're doing it. Maybe you need to get a part-time job and go to college part-time or get a full-time job and go part-time. It may take a little longer, but you won't have that bogged down of debt later on in life. Ideally, Dave, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, sorry. Ideally, we would love you to get into retirement with no debt. But for most of you out there, that's just not possible. You've got a mortgage or maybe even a vehicle payment. There is no one-size-fits-all concerning debt. There are a lot of motivational speakers out there that talk about it. Well, let's sit down and talk about your debt, about your strategy. There's no way that just one program is going to resolve that. You know, you talk a lot about looking at what you're spending on and finding ways to cut that. And I think maybe if we looked at taxes more as an expense, like a streaming bill you pay every month or something like that, maybe we'd be a little more serious about implementing strategies to cut what we pay in taxes. You know, uh, legally, of course, pay your fair share, but not overpay. Uh, How do you work with clients on that with proactive tax strategies? Well, I did notice that the mood is starting starting to lighten up a little bit, you know, as we get weeks away from that D-Day, the tax day. And I hope that you all are doing better. A lot of people had a shock this year. Their taxes were more. We're paying for the COVID payout. That's a big deal. Read about it. If you are not informed, you've got to read about that. But in retirement, a lot of people think that their taxes are going to be less or basically non-existent. Not true. If you factor this into your budget and make sure that it's there, for most of you, You have a qualified retirement plan, which means it's qualified to pay some taxes. You contributed to this pre-tax money and it's time to pay the piper, whether it's going to be through your distributions in retirement, some conversions to Roth or your required minimum distributions, which are now 73 to 75. So all of these little things I want to add in there. Home and car insurance continuing to increase, especially here in the Kentucky area, because we had so many disasters. We've had so many storms. We had the tornadoes, the floods, the huge windstorm that knocked out tens of thousands of homes and ruined roofs. Folks, think about that. Also think about your personal care. What does that take to budget in taking care of you? I'm talking about your haircuts, your hygiene. Do you get your nails done? Whatever your little bouginess. And then (laughs) think about the gifts and donations. What are we doing to continue being charitable, taking care of our family, our churches, however you like to spend that money? Either way, I want to talk to you about these starting points here in your specific retirement budget that's unique to you and your lifestyle. Again, folks, we did open up the phone lines. We have 10 slots this upcoming week, 844-823-6387. You know, and Christina... What is it like when they come to you? If you could just share that with us, what are the, what can they expect? First off, we do have staff that is waiting to take your call. You can also text that word powerful and it's going to guide you to getting that set up. Folks, you're coming in. We will let you know what you need to bring with you to make the most of our time together. I'm going to let you know, yes or no, are you on track? If there are a few adjustments that need to be made, this is a second opinion. We've got that for you too. Yeah, you can uh, even go through with them and and you you look into what fees they're paying and things like that, too, don't you? Absolutely, we do. We look at the whole picture. Looking at the whole picture, the strategies for you. Ten opportunities to schedule with Christina at no cost, no obligation. 844-823-6387. You can call or text keyword POWERFUL. 844-823-6387. This is a conversation about you and an, an initial glimpse of what strategies can build in that critical income needed to supplement the Social Security in your retirement. Protect, looking at your spending plan, as we just talked about protective components regarding health care expenses and long-term care that can be part of that conversation and yeah looking at uh, your tax situation good strategies to maybe um, 
take that into account because they don't always go down in retirement, as Christina said. All of that is what makes this review comprehensive and uh, no cost, no obligation. 844-823-6387, 844-823-6387. You can call or text powerful, whichever you prefer. Coming up, it's Q&A questions for Christina Ping Kepperling from the listeners on your powerful legacy radio. Moving into Q&A on your powerful legacy radio questions for Christina Ping Kepperling, CEO of Powerful Legacy Insurance and Financial Services, author of the book, The Retirement Train. It's a great book. We talk about it a lot here. Covers really all phases of your financial life and even earlier when you're a kid, maybe making grass cutting money or like I did, I had a paper route too. cut grass, had a paper route. Anyway, I can make some money. Uh, so it's a great book. You get a copy when you meet with Christina. Christina, ready for some questions from listeners? We got a couple here this week. Always. We've got one from Richmond and here we go. Coming up on the age age of 59, a couple of million across IRA, Roth IRA, 401k, Roth 401, and an ESOP, as well as 200000 in my 401ks. I don't have a cash nest egg. I'm ready to retire, but not sure how to do health care and bridge that gap. It's all in my retirement accounts. Now, I have a great job, but I'm ready to make the exit. What are my options? So first off, at 59 years old and coming up on 59, you've got to be really careful because that qualified money, you've got to be 59 and a half to be able to avoid that 10% tax penalty. There are a couple of other options. The rule of 55, we've got a 72T, a couple other things that we can do to help you get past that 59 and a half. But bridging the gap on healthcare, this is a very normal concern because of course we can't start Medicare until we are 65 years old. And so we want to make sure that we have enough available and we're taking care of people. Thanks so much for the question. One from Louisville. It's uh, my previous advisor kept my IRA and annuity with one brokerage firm. And while this question may sound a little paranoid, but here I am asking it, uh, and because I'm sitting down with you in a few weeks, I'm scheduled, and I'm worried that my aforementioned advisor may be mad that I'm leaving and deny access to the funds. Is this something that you'd be able to handle for me? It is. Um, this is actually quite normal. We do get several times that we're transitioning. Um, I've got a lot of people that are telling me that with the bad market that we had back in 2022, that they lost quite a bit of money. Their professional will not answer the phone. Um, just all sorts of negative things. They just want someone they can talk to. And then they also realize I only have someone that's talking about the money in the market. They're not talking about all the other aspects of retirement, like how much income will I have in retirement? And what do I do about my RMD, social security, all of those items? So this is very normal. Um, the advisor cannot hold your funds. That's your money. Mm -hmm. They can't deny access to those funds. It's your money. And I handle these type of things all the time. So be absolutely more than happy to help you with that. Yeah. Great second opinion opportunity. And I, I get the paranoia, but, um, this is your retirement you're talking about. I mean, you can't, tiptoe or walk on eggshells let christina take a look at it schedule with her to do that it's 844-823-6387 call or text keyword powerful 844-823-6387 speaking of your book let's start with stop one kidville first paragraph you talk about your great-grandfather you said my great-grandfather peeled thousands of potatoes decades ago when he served in the u.s army that was one of his jobs what he learned was that the closer you could get to the skin, the more potato you get in volume, which meant that he wouldn't need to peel as many. So he really got good at shaving close to the skin. That saved him time, and it saved the military money because less potato went to waste. Good way to look at retirement planning, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Actually, financial actually, planning overall. Financial overall, it makes me think about interest. You know, the lower the interest rate, the less skin you're taking off of it, the more volume that you have of your actual money, your actual principal. And I think that that's really important that we're holding on to that. And I want to make sure that we are giving you all the information that we need. And when we're talking about peeling as close as we can, <laughs> that is one of my favorite stories. And I think about him and what he used to say, just... Those little tidbits in life that may seem so common, 
they actually will help get you through a lot of this financial phase. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Speaking of grand, or grandparents, my grandparents, um, we were talking about meals earlier and how we're rethinking the three meals a day. Um, my mother grew up in the 30s. They didn't have electricity, not that it didn't exist. Of course it did, but they lived in a very rural area where kind of like, I guess, internet today or high-speed internet is not available in some rural areas. Well, that was the case back then with electricity until they you know, came up with the electric membership corporations, the rural electric membership corporations. But anyway, uh, so they had... Had no air conditioning and uh, wood cooked on a. She, my grandmother cooked on a wood stove for my mother's eight brothers and all of them, but they would work on the farm. And so she would get up in the morning, cook a big breakfast on that wood stove, huge, even with gravy and everything, and then a big lunch every day. And then at night, a big dinner. She would wash clothes by hand. She did all this stuff. I think she actually may have worked harder than the guys in the fields, but, um, but it's amazing that I guess she had to to keep them fueled up. Uh, we just we don't do that anymore. I don't know how people lived back then or even going back further to the 1800s. That was a hard life. Absolutely, it was a hard life. I, I can't imagine what things are going to be like in the future. I actually have this show that I love to watch, Dave, and it's called The Men Who Built America, The Machines That Build America, and The Food That Build America. It's on History Channel. And I was watching just this past couple of weeks about how India Motorcycles and then the Harley Davidson and Davidson Brothers, how they all came about and what they were trying to accomplish. I think about that innovation and it's been around, you know, 100, 115 years. And now I think, what is it going to be like going forward? <laughs> what is that right. going to look like? What did retirement look like back then? People didn't retire. People that, got right. really old and they couldn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just how it was. And are we going to go back to that? Is history going to repeat itself? What is that going to look like? I don't like? know. So I worry about AI and what any of us are going to be doing as that grows exponentially. I worry about what that's going to look like. I, I think we're going to be beaming like lasers to whatever <laughs> destination we're going to. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what it'll be like. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Interesting story, though, about my grandparents, my mother's parents. Uh, they lived in uh, like the Asheville area of North Carolina, the mountains. Uh, and they had some relatives move to a town in Virginia that was a big railroad town. So he would send letters back saying, oh, the opportunities here are great. great. So my grandfather and grandmother packed everything on a train including their livestock, and moved to that town in Virginia. That's where he started his farm. But uh, they didn't have a lot of money, though. Uh, a lot of love, a lot of people. You know, people had a lot of kids back then. They needed it. They needed help, like on the farm. It's really a lot of good, interesting stories. Can you imagine packing everything you own, including your livestock on a train and moving to another state? That's awesome. I mean, I, I love hearing stories like this, Dave. I just think it's so fantastic. And, you know, as you and I talk about lives and then past lives and the things that we've learned, I just, I love hearing about everyone else's story. You know, what have they worked for? What are they working into? And I'd love to hear about your story. Please give us a call. And we would love to get an appointment set up for you. 844-823-6387. Folks, we're, we're standing by. We can't wait to hear from you. Uh, again, to schedule, and this is a comprehensive review, and the great thing is it's a conversation. Yeah, uh, Christina's going to want to know about what individual unique to you financial situation you're bringing to the table, but not only that, uh, but about your dreams of your retirement, how you want to live in your retirement, and um, that's going to help her if you go forward with her, help her work with you to get those strategies together to get you on track for your retirement. And you will get a copy of her book, The Retirement Train. So again, to schedule, 844-823-6387, 844-823-6387, or text POWERFUL to that number, 844-823-6387. You know, I've lived long enough enough to have seen retirement evolve. And it was, you're right. I mean, it, for a while there, I'm sure with my grandparents, there was no talk of retirement. They worked until they couldn't work. And then later, the next generation uh, retired, but it wasn't as long. And many of them did have a pension, Christine, as you know, the private sector uh, until like the early 80s, uh, many had a pension in the private sector, which makes it so much harder now, uh, so much more difficult because it falls on us more now, doesn't it, the retirement? It sure does. It does fall back on us. And 
these pension plans have pretty much become <laughs> like a dinosaur. They're not existing a whole lot anymore. In the private sector, yeah. The state pension plans and government pension plans, they're in danger. There are a lot of things going on. Things are not funded the way they need to. I so. don't even know how they're sustainable with people living longer now. I'm not really sure. I do know that. Well, I guess know, because they're an annuity. You know, I guess they because they're, they're an annuity, so I suppose so. But you're they seeing are, it go I, away. I completely think that people are more aware and they're paying more attention. So, you know, definitely taking more responsibility. I'm really proud to see it. And I know that people are concerned. So I think just being aware, being concerned and finding answers is all we can do. And talking about Social Security, which you did earlier, uh, it does run into trouble in the somewhere in the early 2030s uh, as far as the trust fund. But, you know, you've talked about you, you know, the, the necessity of Congress acting uh, to do something. We've talked about the, even the possibilities. They could eliminate 62 claiming age. They could and probably will raise full retirement age uh, for those younger uh, it's amazing to me that it only has gone up two years, full retirement age for Social Security since its creation in 1935. It's only gone up two years, and we're living way longer. Uh, so we don't know what they're going to do, but hopefully, and and I feel that they would politically do something to avoid it having to be cut, which is something that we've, we've been told will have to happen if something isn't done about it. Absolutely. And I, th I think that when we're having those conversations about what adjustments need to be made or what's going to happen to have longevity in any type of program, we need to be paying attention. And I think that I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, Dave. People are living longer. That's pretty much the number one problem. Mm -hmm. It's a huge risk in retirement, but it's also a blessing. So. Well, it is. Yeah. Well, I think Christina's goal is to help take the risk out of longevity risk. Schedule with her the opportunity. There are 10 on the show this week, some left still. Uh, no cost, no obligation, 844-823-6387 or text POWERFUL, 844-823-6387. As always, thanks for joining us. Have a great week and hope you're with us next week. Same time, we're back with your Powerful Legacy Radio. advisory services offered through powerful legacy insurance and financial services christina ping and her guests provide general information not individually targeted personalized advice and are not liable for the usage of information discussed exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles this information should also not be considered tax or legal advice individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax legal accounting or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation past performance is not a guarantee of future results Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Powerful Legacy Insurance and Financial Services. By contacting Powerful Legacy Insurance and Financial Services, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.